listening to Gravity Healthcare Hacks with your host, Melissa Brown, Chief Operating Officer from Gravity Healthcare Consulting and self-professed healthcare nerd. Monthly, we will provide industry expertise and tips to help keep your feet firmly on the ground in the world of healthcare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Today, our podcast is called The Path to Healthy Dysphagia Reimbursement. I am pleased to welcome our guest, Mike Peck from Pathius Health. Mike is the CEO, president, and co-founder of Pathius Health, who recently also acquired MBS Envision, which has just been rebranded as Pathius Health Imaging. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Melissa. It's a real pleasure to be part of the Gravity Healthcare Hacks podcast today. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, I was fascinated when I first learned about what you and your team at Pathius Health do. Can you fill our listeners in on what you do for skilled nursing providers? You bet. So Pathius Health is focused on an area of healthcare called dysphagia. Uh, and those, and for those that are not familiar with dysphagia, it's, it's a really interesting condition. It's basically the difficulty of swallowing and swallowing impairments. Um, so that might include difficulty in passage of, of those swallows or liquids that, uh, that you eat every single day, uh, and that difficulty of, of moving those from your mouth to your stomach, which sounds very simple, but it turns out that's a really complex uh, mechanism that the human body does. Uh, we think about it, but we also do that unconsciously. We, we're swallowing salivas, uh, and those are things that we just, it's almost like a heartbeat. So sometimes you're thinking about it, sometimes you're thinking about breathing, most times you're not. And that's kind of what dysphagia is. And when you have that problem, when you have a swallowing impairment problem, believe me, you know about it and it becomes a real issue. Um, the condition is interesting. It's, it actually turns out that just last year, 2021, over 15 million diagnoses of dysphagia occurred just in the U.S. Uh, and the challenge and where you'll see we're focused is this really disproportionate impact on senior care, the senior population. Um, but that problem is not just a U.S. problem. Those, those diagnoses, those 15 million diagnoses were just in the U.S. alone. Um, but it's not a U.S. problem. It's a global problem. Uh, and the, really the interesting part about this is when it's not properly diagnosed and properly treated, this condition can bring about malnutrition, dehydration, pneumonia, and even death if you really don't manage it properly, as you can imagine. So what we're doing, what Pathius Health is doing in the area in this particular area of healthcare is very unique. Um, we are focused on the senior care market, as you can imagine, because that's where that disproportionate impact is. Uh, but we're really building what we call an integrated dysphagia healthcare platform. And that includes both this really this end-to-end issue of starting with screening, assessment, it's often called the bedside, uh, but bedside assessment, swallow imaging, which is a particular area of focus right now and then really treatment solutions on the back end. Uh, but at the core, and as I, as I just mentioned, at the core of our business and where we're at right now is really this mobile and portable dysphagia imaging study business unit. Uh, and that's driving uh, a lot of really interesting business for us. We, we have a big focus on the senior care provider market uh, and we're really solving a pain point for those senior care providers. Yeah, I can see a huge value proposition from the clinical side, but I also think what you do is such a wonderful resource, especially under PDPM. I can see how the dysphagia imaging study services could impact reimbursement, for example, under PDPM. Can you talk to me a little bit more about how much of an impact your services could have? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our dysphagia imaging services are really the core of our business, as I said, and it, it really gets to our services, our diagnoses, and more importantly, this what we provide is a, the supportive documentation to our senior care partners. Um, and it really does have that, that really positive impact on their PDPM rates. Um, so what we see, and we've done some really interesting analysis thanks to, thanks to a, a really important partner for us, uh, but we see this really impacting anywhere from, uh, you know, about $14 a day up to almost 20, over $25 a day per clinical indicator when it comes to dysphagia. Uh, but it turns out that a lot of patients, or, and, and frankly, most patients have some sort of multiple dysphagia-related speech. Uh, and when you look at that PDPM area and under the MDS, that ST area, uh, where these clinical indicators include mechanically altered diet, swallowing disorders, uh, and stroke-related dysphagia diagnoses. So it turns out that the typical combination of dysphagia-related clinical indicators can increase PDPM per diems by upwards of $25, $26, all the way up to 60, almost $65 per day for our senior care partners. Wow, that's huge. <clears throat> and I, I know that providers right now are looking for every ounce of margin they can find. And as we're looking towards the future, PDPM parity adjustments, which was the focus of my last podcast, looking towards cuts that are probably coming very soon and will probably impact speech therapy reimbursement, all the more reason to fine tune uh, the reimbursement that we're able to attain for just the accuracy of documentation. And you know, I could see that some providers might say, well, really, how is this different than I could send my patients to the hospital to get an MBS, a modified barium swallow? Why would Pathias Health being on site with your mobile imaging studies be a benefit to a provider like that? Yeah, it, you know, as you can imagine, it, you know, this is really a daily focus of our business and, and the benefits that we, we bring to senior care providers, we think are numerous. So most importantly, when you, when you look at what we do on a daily basis, uh, the most important piece with any business, in my opinion, is always who we are, who is that team. Um, and so, you know, what, what I'm very proud of about our team is we're experts. We're experts in dysphagia healthcare, and I'll say that, I'll screen that from the mountaintops. Um, so part of that team, you know, and there's, certainly we have over uh, 35 employees in our company uh, and growing daily. Um, but quarter of that team includes our, uh, a couple of our clinical directors, uh, first and foremost is Elizabeth Musto, uh, who really worked, uh, studied at Northwestern University under the pioneer of dysphagia assessment and treatment. Um, so really, Beth knows, knows this, this topic very uh, front and back. Um, we have Caroline Brindo on our team, who has uh, weekly social media uh, postings about uh, modified brain uh, swallow studies and fee studies and is an expert in dysphagia care. Uh, Caroline actually spoke at the, uh, Amer the recent American Speech and Hearing Association conference in D.C., where she presented at two live one-hour sessions uh, at, at ASHA. Um, we're also very proud that recently we brought on Dr. Michael Curry, our chief science officer, who really is a guru in the, in the area of dysphagia healthcare. Um, Michael has been in this business and, that, and, and researched and published in this space for over 45 years. Uh, and has actually taught over 5,000 speech pathologists in, uh, about dysphagia worldwide. Uh, and then we're also led by our, our COO, Corey Troop, who leads our uh, service delivery business. Um, what's interesting about Corey is he led 
the regulatory and, and service delivery business at a neonatal med tech company that focused on neonatal, neonatal feeding health. Um, so we have, an, we have an awesome team uh, that and we really are the experts in this area. When it comes to the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, if a facility were to call us and say, why should I not send my patient to a hospital? You know, my first answer is gonna be, we're timely. Um, we're, we're on site, we can be there within one to three days uh, compared to maybe two, three, four weeks at a hospital. We're extremely focused. When it comes to this feeding issue, you can't just walk in and give a patient something to eat and study their swallow. They have to be in the right mind. And that's, that's important. They have to have, you know, maybe they might be the right window where they're uh, maybe a little bit more uh, ready to do, go through that swallow study. And that's important. That, that really speaks to the quality of that, of that exam, of that study. Um, and then we're also very collaborative. We pride ourselves on working with that onsite clinical team, with that onsite SLP. We'll work with them before, during, and after. Uh, we'll provide an immediate report to that speech pathologist or that therapy team. And then we'll follow up with an independent radiology review. Uh, and we'll even provide recommendations to that team. They don't have to follow them, but we will provide those recommendations. And then finally, you know, as in all of healthcare, that cost matters. And so we've benchmarked this space. We've benchmarked our, our hospital partners out there, if you will. Uh, and we are two to three times cheaper to be on site and do that, that imaging study than you would find at a hospital. Yeah, and you know, when I think about the patient experience as well, I think it's a lot less disruptive for a short-term skilled patient who oftentimes has cognitive uh, challenges associated with that dysphagia disorder to uh, either be able to have an assessment done bedside or go to a unit that's right in the parking lot and not have to go through getting ready for transportation, waiting for transportation, getting to the facility, being with unfamiliar people in an unfamiliar location and all of the things that that, that can occur with a typical hospital transfer. One of the other things I'm thinking of is the impact of savings on transportation costs. I know it can cost $500 upwards to $1,000 in transportation costs to send a patient to the hospital for these tests. And that doesn't even include what might be your labor costs for sending a caregiver with a patient. What have you found, Mike? 100% uh, agree. Um, and you know, the good news for us is we don't have those costs. We're, we're showing up uh, what, and what is unique about our particular uh, business with our imaging study and, the, and the, the, the MBS imaging units and fees units we use, so we can actually come inside a facility. Now, there's different models out there where you can pull up in the parking lot and bring somebody on board, and those are, those are fine. Those are really good models as well. Um, but what's unique for us in, in, our, in a couple of our markets is that we actually can come inside that facility and we can do that, quote, bedside evaluation sometimes. Not always, but sometimes we can. But most importantly, we're inside of the building. So those, you know, when you couple that with those transportation costs uh, and, you, you know, and those costs of not just the expense of it, but the risk, right? You're putting, anytime you're transporting a patient from a facility, a skilled nursing facility in particular, to that hospital imaging suite, it could be a few miles. It could be 20 miles. You're putting that patient at risk of exposure, of falls, of all kinds of things that can happen, just moving that patient around. And frankly, sometimes you just can't do it. When, you know, think about a vent patient. They're not going anywhere, right? And so when you think about that, 
uh, and what that impact, how that impacts that patient, it's really important. And you know what we see all too often, quite honestly, is that sometimes there, you're going to see this this the imaging study skipped over. And so I, you know, the analogy I use is think about you're trying to mend a broken bone. It could be in your forearm, it could be in your leg, what have you. Well, if you don't take that X-ray and know exactly where that bone is broken, you're guessing. And that's the same with, with a swallow study. That's what a swallow study is doing. It is providing you that, that insight to then lay out the next phase, which is the important treatment plan. And that's really what we're all about. We're trying to drive the right treatment plan to drive the right outcome so that patient can get better, so they can have an eat, you know, they can eat healthy and they can have a good quality of life. Yeah, the analogy of an x-ray for a broken limb is a perfect example for why dysphagia imaging studies make a lot of sense from the clinical perspective and for just appropriately driving, especially the speech therapy plan of care. So for some of our listeners who might not be as familiar with the two studies you do, the MBS, the Modified Barium Swallow Study, and the FEES, try to say this one several times fast, fiberopic endoscopic evaluation of swallowing. <laughs> Can you walk us through what they are, how they're used, and when perhaps one is a better choice over another? That's right. Yeah. So we're a live broadcast. All right. So here we go. So <laughs> generally speaking, yes, the, the modified barium swallow study or, or MBS, it, that's basically always using what we call a video uh, fluoroscopic x-ray system. Think of taking, uh, you know, you've seen these, maybe there's, there's some great videos out there on YouTube where you see a, a mo a, an x-ray, a skeleton moving, if you will. And that's really what, what fluoroscopic video, video x-ray systems are all about. And so what we can do is we can give you, we can take this patient, we can sit them in front of a, what's called a C-arm x-ray system that's recording video at uh, almost you know, 30 frames per second. So very, very high quality video, which is really the requirement for a proper MBS study. Uh, and so we're gonna give you, we're gonna start off, we're gonna go through some layers. We're gonna go through some steps to give you various food, liquids or foods. So in all, and important in an MBS study is that we're putting a little bit of barium sulfate into those liquids or foods. So that way, it's a tracing, right? You've heard of the blue dye tracings for, for cardiac. We're doing the same thing. So we're going to start with a very, what we call a thin liquid. It's going to have a little bit of barium in it. We're going to see you swallow. And what's really cool about these, these, uh, these videos is that we can see you chewing. We can see somebody, they might hold that, that fluid or food in their mouth for an excessive amount of time. That means there might be some subconscious fear of swallowing, it's called pocketing. So uh, once they do swallow, you're gonna go through this mechanism of going through your throat and the pharynx, you're gonna go down to, your, down to the esophagus, all the way down to your gut. And so with the, with the MBS study, we can see that. And when that's really cool to see it, uh, and there's, there's, there's 20 or 30 different types of swallow that come out of that that we can see uh, that are really, really fascinating. So that's a really good gold standard study. The complementary study or exam is called a, you said it, a fiber optic endoscopic evaluation of swallow study, it's called FEES. So in that case, what we're doing is we're gonna take, and this, it's a little bit more uncomfortable, we're actually gonna put an endoscope up, usually through your nose, and we're gonna see the top of your throat. And that's really the extent that we can do. So we can see what's different about this is this is live video. This is not an x-ray video. This is a live video 
of those throat muscles moving back and forth. So at that point, we're going to have a patient swallow a little bit, and we're going to be able to see some things going on in that upper throat muscle area. Uh, and there's a lot of things you can gain from that, from that particular study. The limitation of fees is you can't go any farther down from that. So there's, a, like I said, there's, they're complementary. X-ray is one thing you're getting kind of this black and white, you know, multiple gray scenarios of what's going on endoscopic or fees is going to be a live video. And so, you know, between those two, it, you know, from our view, those are extremely complementary. They are not substitutes for one another. Um, they are absolutely complementary. Yeah, that's really helpful, I think, for people to understand the difference between the two. And, you know, as we're looking to the future with PDPM, a few things come to my mind with the connection to dysphagia imaging study. You know, I've heard from some of the experts that I've talked with that a lot of the managed care companies actually prefer seeing the fees as opposed to the MBS. And they're actually less likely to deny a case where a dysphagia diagnosis was supported by the fees study. And with both types of studies, I believe they'd also help to identify more residents who would qualify for a dysphagia-related PDPM reimbursement. I think without those types of imaging studies, some patients might fall through the cracks. What have you found, Mike? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is probably the most, um, you know, my favorite question so far. So here we go. I, I call this vendor-driven healthcare. Uh, and it's a problem. So when you look at fees, it, it's absolutely essential. It's a, it's a great tool. It's, uh, it's, it, it can be absolutely perfect for certain swell impairments, but there are absolutely limitations. And any, any fees vendor, anybody using fees will absolutely admit to that. Uh, you know, and for example, though you can't use fees to visualize the, you know, the completeness of a, you know, a base tongue reaction or uh, an airway closure when you're swallowing. Uh, you can't use it to assess this, what we call the bolus, which is your, you know, your food or liquid flow past that upper esophagus area, the, your upper throat area. Um, and so it, it does have, its, it has its limitations, right? Certainly MBS does as well. Those are, there are certain things you cannot see in that throat muscle that are happening, but that's why these studies are complementary. And there's a, you know, it is our mission at Pathius Health to really change this dynamic. Um, like I said, it's, it's been, in our opinion, it's vendor driven. Uh, and so we've done a lot. I've done a lot of, of networking around the country with, with other mobile MBS providers, other mobile fees providers that are just outstanding in their field or in their markets. But we have to change the game. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is really make this, shift this from a vendor driven mentality to a patient driven tool. And that's critical to healthcare. Right. And so when this patient has that swallowing problem, if you're going to use fees, great. If you're going to use MBS, great, but use the right tool. And what that ultimately does is reduce that denial of risk issue that is very important, particularly when it comes to PDPM. Yeah, that's the same point that I was thinking about to the denial risk. You know, these are really high quality studies. It's not just a speech therapist mm -hmm. bedside doing the best evaluation they can, which a very highly skilled speech therapist is going to capture the large majority of dysphagia, but there, no speech therapist is going to be 100% at that. And depending on how strong their documentation is at the time of evaluation, they may or may not be able to withstand uh, an ADR or a denial. Whereas I think these high quality studies like the fees and the MBS 
are much more denial proof uh, than charts that don't contain them. What are your thoughts, Mike, about the risk reduction through dysphagia imaging studies? Yeah, denial proof is a great statement and we, we totally agree. I think what, what these studies are doing and we, we call them studies, they're really exams, right? And what comes with those exams is not just knowing what that patient is going through and ultimately laying out that treatment plan. It's providing the documentation. It's providing the support to the clinician, which is primarily the speech pathologist. So those are all very, very critical pathways uh, and decision points to be made. And without it, again, I'll go back to my, I'll repeat the statement I made earlier. You as an, uh, you know, if you're an orthopedic surgeon, you're not going to start cutting open a knee before you have that image done, right? You're not going to, you're not just going to go in and say, oh, I think this patient has, has some sort of a knee issue. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to start slicing right now. You're going to do an upfront scan, diagnostic image, whatever, whatever you call it. Without that, you cannot lay out the proper dysphagia care treatment plan. And so that's why this is a very critical point in, in dysphagia healthcare. Starts with screening, goes to this assessment, which some call the bedside, but you, you cannot skip from step two to step four, which is treatment, without going, without going through step three, which is the swallow study imaging part of it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's, an, an, it's a critical step along the way. And even if it confirms what was identified by the speech therapist, I think the documentation side and the denial proof um, aspect of it is really unparalleled. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today, Mike? Yeah, no, I, I, I reiterate what you just said. I, it, is that, it is that documentation part of it is confirmation of what that really highly skilled speech pathologist is seeing with these, with these dysphagia patients, they, they, you can see it. You can see when somebody's struggling with swallowing. I, you know, with the, just a quick side story, my, you know, my grandmother's going through some of this right now, but they, the speech pathologist decided she needed to swallow the imaging study. That's critical. That's the right call, but you can see it. Right. And that's, that's the important part of this, but you know, what, what we're really talking about in all of this is really, just, it's such a critical area of healthcare. Um, you know, we know that CMS, our, our, our friends at Center for Medicare and Medicaid are, are really pushing this, the, you know, these value-based care programs, whether it's PDPM or things on the home health side of the world. Um, but frankly, you know, these initiatives are not going away. They are here to stay. Uh, and we need to be a valuable partner in that mission with, with CMS. Um, and really, when you think about that senior care population, and unfortunately, I'm part of that. Uh, what we're going to see in the next 15 years, uh, I, I'm really, this makes me sad to say it, but I'm going to be a part of this massive growth of this over 65 population that, you know, in my opinion, is going to impact everything from housing to entertainment to transportation and health and healthcare, of course. Uh, and so over the next 15, 20 years, just in the U.S., we're going to see this massive shift. And globally, by 2050, it's going to be I think it's going to be a game changer. I, I really think this, this growth of senior care, you know, at some point we're all going to wake up and some of us already have, and certainly you have as well. We're all going to wake up and say that, oh my gosh, there, you know, the senior, there's a lot of seniors out there. Um, and again, I, I will never admit I'm part of it, but reality is I, I am. Um, and so, you know, being a partner with CMS and, and all these senior care providers to deliver 
the right care at the right time, you know, efficiently and economically is going to be critical. Yes, it, you know, it's like so many things, PDPM, where really good clinical approach marries very nicely with increased accuracy of reimbursement. And I think that is a triple win for everybody involved. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure this was a wonderful resource to our listeners, Mike. Well, thank you, Melissa. I, I cannot express how much I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this podcast. Um, you know, just getting to know you and the Gravity Consulting team has been an awesome opportunity and, and deeply appreciated to be a you know, part of this, uh, the, the Hacks podcast here today. Thank you. <laughs> well, this is definitely a healthcare hack we wanted to share with all the executives that tune in. I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to work with you as well. And if you'd like to learn more about Pathius Health, reach out to Mike on LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to me directly. Thanks for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Remember, it's not just what you know, but how you apply it that makes all the difference. See you next time.